Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello everyone, this is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I have the privilege of having a friend, Gerhard Schwatner, the publisher of Selling Power magazine, and I'm really happy to have him on the show, but I want to tell you first before we let him say hello, how we met. Gerhard was flying back from LA to uh, the East Coast, and a friend of mine, Jimmy Wilson, a jazz musician, was chatting with Gerhard, and Gerhard was so fascinated in the conversation. Jimmy was in economy class, Gerhard was in first class. Gerhard said, we need to continue talking, and he went and used his frequent flyer miles to bump up my friend, and that's the kind of person Gerhard is. He's interested in people and learning things. Gerhard, welcome to the program. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be there, and I think this is a first class experience. Excellent. Oh, very good tie-in. So, Gerhard, you and I have been talking about mindset for a while, and you've been running uh, mindset performance retreats. So, everyone kind of knows mindset's important, but they really, a lot of times, it's just lip service. Why is mindset so important to you, and why should it be important to everyone listening to us? Well, I grew up, um, I grew up in Austria, and uh, <clears throat> the way I can describe the mindset, it it was limited. Um, and uh, I remember a conversation with my grandmother. Uh, I was about seven years old, and we looked out the window, and, and I was just musing about the river that's in front of the house. And I said, where does that river go? And she said, well, that goes to the Salzach River. And where does the Salzach River go? Well, it goes to the Danube. Where does the Danube go? It goes to the Black Sea. Where does the Black Sea go? And it goes to the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, I said, well, What's on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean? And she said, America. And it was seven years old. And I had only seen one American, and uh, he, he was a colonel in the army, and he drove mm -hmm. a car. And uh, I thought, wow, that is the promised land. I want to be there one day. And, uh, you know, fast forward. And here you are. <laughs> here I am. Um, and, and I always try to engage in, in no-limit thinking. When I moved away from Austria, um, I had a job with a construction equipment company, and they were headquartered in Paris. And I always yeah. was curious, what would it like to be to live in Paris, in another city, and uh, live in another language, and uh, experience life differently? And I was excited by the prospects, and I got the opportunity to get a transfer and people in Salzburg said, oh, God, uh, you're not going to be able to adapt. It's, uh, you're going to miss it. You're going to come home. You, um, you know, don't go. And uh, I went, and I was happy to experience that new life, that new environment. And when I was ready to move to the United States and get a transfer within the company, I was excited. And my French friends said the same thing. Uh, you, don't you go. Big mistake. Don't go. And, uh, and of course, you understand it because you moved from Pakistan, you moved to London, you moved to Canada, you moved to the United States, and, uh, and you understand the, the benefits of a cross-cultural experience. And also, you understand the benefits of no limit thinking. But what I found um, the United States to be 
really an amazing experience. And I was always attracted by people who had a good attitude. And I always wondered, what is the next thing about attitude? And then I discovered it's really the mindset. And the mindset is really, uh, if you imagine it like a pyramid to me, at the bottom, you have the implanted mindset. Yes. What you learn from your parents, from your caretakers, from the people that you grew up with. Um, the second level is the imprinted mindset, and you always get exposed to people outside the family that impress you, and they're different. Like the so, American with the car. Right. You have um, uh, you know, teachers and mentors and heroes, and you read books and novels, and it stimulates your, your mind, and you want to be like them. You want to be like an Olympian or something like that, uh, or a race car driver or a football player. Uh, or a basketball player. And uh, the third level is the inspired mindset. Yes. The inspired mindset is really who you really are as a person. That's your inner voice. That's your inner magic. That uh, is the voice that's telling you, you're different. You're unique compared to 7 billion people around the globe. And uh, what I'm suggesting is that you look at those three levels and uh, let go of some of the self-limiting beliefs that you got, the guardrails you got from your upbringing. So we'll talk about that, go deeper there. Something you said earlier was, you know, people in the hometown don't go to Paris, people in Paris don't go to America. And I had these defining moments in my life. And I was in Toronto, that was like, that's where I'm from. And they had this program where they had people that were on welfare going back to school, the government was paying, and then they were starting jobs. And the poster child for this was this young lady who had just graduated as a paralegal and she was going to start her first day at work. And they're interviewing her to showcase the program. And the interviewer says, so what was the toughest part of this journey? Thinking, you know, going to college, doing all those tough kind of things. And this is what she said. She said, you know, I'm the third generation welfare person. And the hardest thing was my friends, my family, people that live in that housing. All of them were like, why would you ever want to do that? when you've got such a good life right now. And so people uh, have the best of intentions for you, but they want to hold you back at their level of thinking and their level of success, because at some level it's untenable for them to A, let you succeed, or, and sometimes it's from love. You might fail, so we want to keep you where we're at. And we need to fight that, right? Absolutely. I think we need to get exposed to other ideas, to other people, learn other perspectives and look at life from a different perspective than where you've come from. And that's not the right perspective because it's not going to lead you to your destiny. Your destiny is fulfilling that inner mission that's within you. I remember doing an interview with Mary Kay. Never forget it. Mary Kay Ash, the cosmetics queen. Yes. When she says, uh, so many people die with their music still unplayed. Inside them, yeah. And the, and the the real story is that we are all born with an instrument, and we need to learn what it is, and we need to learn how to play it. So some people are multi-talented and they have a challenge, and uh, um, you know they cannot decide which way to go. But ultimately, you got to face that and and learn that instrument and find your mission because. Your, your, your life is not about meaning. It's, uh, I mean, sorry, your life is not about money. It's about meaning. And yeah. so many people 
have never been in a situation uh, where, like Dr. Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, he was in an Auschwitz concentration camp. And uh, he discovered that meaning means survival. And if you want to survive in this world and thrive in this world, you want to pursue meaning. And from my worldview, and we, we talk about things from a different language, but the same thing, uh, every single human being on planet Earth has a purpose in life. And most people never uncover it. And when you uncover your purpose, it just makes life so much easier because you know, I need to do something on this path. And you could be in a career already where you've got 10% stuff that you do is on purpose. The rest is what you tolerate. But as soon as you uncover purpose, you can talk to your boss and finagle that 10% to 30% that allows you to be satisfied or pick another uh, opportunity that has 90% purpose. And you're blessed to be doing what you were meant to do on this planet. So even if you have a totally crap day, you come home excited. I'm doing what I was meant to do. It was a challenging day, but I love it. Yeah, and also when you do something that other people expect you to do. I, I'll give you an example. The, um, I interviewed uh, Dr. David Burns, who is the author of a wonderful book called Feeling Good. And he just uh, wrote another book called Feeling Great. And um, this guy was in law school. And right. he got depressed. Um, and, well, that will do it. <laughs> well, um, but... The, the real reason he got depressed or got depressed was not because law school wasn't challenging, but he felt the pressure from his dad to become a lawyer like him. Yes. But he liked the arts. He liked the entertainment. And then, uh, you know, the psychiatrist told him, why don't you explore entertainment law? And the depression lifted instantly. He thought, wow, what a great idea. I can hang out with movie stars. So let's actually back up there just for a moment, because that's a beautiful story in that when you're in that depressed state or you focus on the problem, there is no solution because pretty much, you know, anybody could have said, you know, you could do entertainment law and they could have, but he could not think of it himself because when you're in that spot, it's your mindset determines what you see. So Gerhard, from your vast experience, if somebody is listening to this right now and they're focusing on the wrong thing, how can you give them a simple little technique that would allow them to kind of step outside of their little uh, trap so they can go, oh my God, I could do that. Any thoughts or comments or advice? Well, I think that the, the best advice is to, for anybody out there, you cannot do it alone. Yes. And uh, if you live in your own head, uh, you are imprisoning yourself and you rob yourself of your possibilities. And there, there is a saying in, uh, in, in German uh, that uh, it's not good for anybody to be alone because you, uh, your mind literally can attack you. Your thoughts can attack you. Yeah. And uh, you need to let uh, the best come out in conversations with other people. I'll give you an example. Uh, anybody who listens out there, if you don't have a mentor right now, get one tomorrow. Think yes. about who can be a They're mentor. They're waiting out there for you. Yeah. People are looking to help. Yeah. Let them help you. Exactly. Um, Keith Crack, uh, when he created Ariba, uh, he uh, you know later became the CEO of DocuSign and then the chairman, and now he's under Secretary of State. Uh, working in Washington under Pompeo. Uh, and Keith 
was a Harvard educated, brilliant, brilliant guy. And he was managing Ariba and Ariba was growing so fast, like uh, hundreds of percent, you know, not just a hundred percent year of year doubling, but 10x every yes. year. Wow. And uh, the management challenges were incredible. So they said, the board of directors said, you need to get a mentor. And then they asked him, who would you want to get? And uh, he said, well, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, maybe I'm not, I don't feel worthy of, uh, you know, he, he had some self-esteem issues, but... So pause right there just for a moment, because I think it's important. Just because you have self-esteem issues does not mean you cannot achieve a level of success or a high level of success. It's the level of happiness that suffers when you have that self-esteem. Go on and we'll come back to this. Yeah, because the thinking was he grew up with a wonderful father who was very loving, very supportive, wonderful mother. And he sort of was thinking that, um, you know, who can be better than that? I, I'm lucky already. I, he doesn't see the need. But then he got a call from John Chambers who, who said, hey, Keith. And he was, uh, uh, you know, he, he never thought that John Chambers ever would talk to him. But he said, we are speaking at the same event in Madrid. And you are, when are you going to go over there? Because I have room on my private chat and you can travel with me if you'd like. So out of the blue, he got that call. And uh, he's, of course, he jumped at the opportunity because uh, Cisco was at the time the most successful company in the world. Yes. And uh, he had this incredible opportunity for, so for, for a 10 hour flight from San Francisco to Ma Madrid that covered a lot of territory. And then John Chambers invited him and he says, why don't we have breakfast once a month? and uh, keep it open-ended. So every month for like over two years, they met and he says, you can ask me anything. You know, sometimes you don't want to talk to your board about an issue or you cannot talk to your wife about that issue. So uh, just let's have a conversation and see what emerges. So one day Keith asked him, John, why are you doing this? And uh, John said, well, when it was I was in your situation and I was starting a company. Um, I got a mentor and it was Lou Platt from HP. And, uh, and he said he was enormously grateful because uh, he never asked for, for anything in return. And he says, there's only one thing I want you to do in return. Share that gift that I gave you with somebody else. So that is a beautiful story. And the other part I like about it is, you know, we keep on talking about, you know, when you know what you want, the universe is going to bend over backwards to give it to you. And this was a perfect example of on a silver plate, better still on a private jet, right. you get this opportunity. And a lot of people see the world. I saw this image on Facebook yesterday or today. It was a boulder that had this tree that had cracked the boulder in two and had grown up in the middle of that boulder. And there are some people that will look at the tree and go, oh my God, this is the power of perseverance to break through a boulder. And there's other people that are pessimists. Oh my God, even a boulder can be snapped into two. So look at things from a positive point of view and it's there, right? There's lots of people, business success stories where there was a calamity and someone said, what's the opportunity there where everyone else shut down? They look for the opportunity. If you look for it, you're going to find it. 
Well, and that's especially important in the a COVID crisis, you know, where uh, businesses get shut down and uh, people get furloughed. Some, a lot of people are still out of work and uh, my heart goes out to them. Um, however, um, on the other hand, there are a lot of uh, new opportunities emerging for companies and some companies do exceedingly well uh, because they make the shift. You know, I talked to a, a, a VP of sales of a, a building company and they said, well, they were all in, uh, you know, they had a sales model where buyers came to their model home and they showed around the model home and within 36 hours, they had shifted their sales model, put cameras in, in the homes and started to do virtual tours. Mm -hmm. So they shifted from face-to-face -to, -face to virtual selling and actually discovered that they can do more virtual home tours online that they could do in person. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you remember that the, there was a real guy, of course, Tucker, who had a car company, and they made a movie, I think, with Jeff Bridges, yes. Tucker, a man is his machine. And what was kind of interesting was I think they used a brochure to sell the car, like before the cars were ever built, way back then in the 50s or whenever it was, that we limit ourselves. This is the way it's always done. People will only do this. And take what the platform we're using. We're using Zencaster to record this thing, the audio, but we're using Zoom to kind of see each other face to face to make this a richer conversation. And I'm sure at some point people in Zoom were like complaining, if only we can get more people to use this platform, we would take off. And they were already successful before. And along comes a pandemic and all of a sudden, you know, six year olds learning from home are, are Zoom users. That's right. Well, so I think uh, there are a lot of people in the pandemic that uh, that suffer from uh, anxiety and worry. Uh, they have financial worries or they have stress because all the family members are cooped up inside the house and uh, they cannot get a babysitter and they get stir crazy. And uh, I think it's really important to shift your mindset and say, well, I cannot go to the gym, but yes, you can do yoga inside, or you can meditate inside, or you can do workouts uh, by following some trainer on YouTube. Uh, yeah. YouTube and do virtual workouts. So, and, and also, you know, I found myself going outside and I found a park nearby that I've never gone to and uh, go for walks, go for hikes. Uh, there's a five mile trail and uh, I can do it in an hour and uh, I see beautiful sunsets and uh, taking a lot of pictures and I can be outside and do something new that I haven't done before. And this last weekend, I found myself looking at those uh, hundreds of photos that I've taken Nice. And created a photo book. Brilliant. We have a mutual friend, Dr. Robert Peterson, I think. Right. So this is what he told me. I was doing a podcast with him. And then he was telling me about his students. And, you know, I'm thinking a bunch of entitled, whiny, crybaby kids. And he didn't say that. He says, my students are driven, hard workers. They take responsibility. And I said, wait a minute. Hold on. How is this even possible? We're hearing of all these entitled people. And this is what he said. He said that when we had the 2008 financial crisis, these kids were about seven years old. This is like a very impressionable kind of age. Their siblings that were older, 9, 10, 11, 12, it didn't impact them the same way. Siblings that were younger were too young to figure it out. But at that point, their parents were losing jobs. They weren't sure whether they were going to eat, whether they were going to keep their home. 
And so these kids had the same mindset of the depression era kids. And so they're driven to succeed. And the reason I bring it up is this, we're talking about mindset. As we go through this pandemic, certainly lots of stressors, but there's also everyone was, if you asked the average American, what's the most important thing? Well, it's family, it's friends and my job. And the reality was that's bullshit. It's jobs, family and friends. But for this pandemic, it's been family. And I wonder these kids that are six, seven, how they're going to grow up and how important family is going to be to their being of who they end up being. It'll be really kind of interesting if we kind of get back to that. Family is like the most important, not just in what you say, but what you actually do. Any thoughts? Well, I think there's another dynamic at work, which is um, the real estate market is really, really good right now. It's smoking uh, hot. Because, yeah, because people are <clears throat> are improving their homes. They're adding a swimming pool. Uh, you have to get in line if you want to buy one. Um, they're, uh, in, uh, people invest in, in uh, gyms inside their houses or in massage chairs. And so there's a lot going on where they want to make the home experience much better. And it reminded me in, in Vienna, there was a time where uh, there, were, there was an oppressive regi regime where uh, people couldn't go outside or didn't want to go outside anymore because there were a lot of fights and demonstrations. And it gave rise to a new style for in, inside furniture. It's called the Biedermeier style, where they made intricate desks and trunks and armoires and everything. And they're very valuable. Um, so the whole world is shifting in a very gradual way. And uh, we probably will look back 10 years from now at this time and say, yeah, that is the COVID style of uh, interior design or the yeah. living, or the bread living. making or whatever, right? Yeah. So Gerhard, you have uh, two daughters, right? Three. Three. Wow. Congrats. I did not know. And probably a bunch of grandkids. Two. Two. So as grandpa, if you wanted to impart just before we leave this episode, three pieces of advice to your grandkids that would allow them to thrive in any circumstance. What would those three things you want them to know and believe in their hearts? Well, I think that um, I remember when uh, my kids grew up and uh, I, I suggested to them to repeat after me, I'm lovable and I'm, I'm lovable and mommy and daddy love me. Yes. Uh, they, I want uh, children to know that they're loved, that they're cared for, that they're precious. And uh, it, it is really a gift that we are getting. Uh, and we as parents, we are the stewards of uh, life. And uh, we have a responsibility to uh, create something that uh, is better than what we have received. So we want to leave the world a better place. Uh, the, the second thing is that uh, I want children to discover that they can optimally function on a, an intellectual, on a cognitive, on an emotional, and on a physical level. Nice. I mean, and that's sort of that triad. Embrace them full selves. Right. That uh, they invest in learning, invest in their brains, uh, but also invest in their hearts but also invest in their bodies and find a balance. Uh, the, the other one is to uh, lead a life with no limits, 
that um, all limitations are dependent on your perspective. And you can change your perspective at any moment and you can see uh, a richer, better, and more enjoyable and happier future ahead of you uh, if you find the right perspective. And I think that the, if I would add one more, is that nobody knows enough about the future to be a pessimist. If only people believe that. Gerhard, there's lots of people call you when they need to kind of boost up their thinking. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. I really appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you, Umar. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming and that is the fastest way to get better results. 